This is the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, episode 135. Welcome to the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, the very best tips, tools, and ideas from real estate's top performers. Now, here's your host, Ray Wood. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Now, you may not know that I come from a real estate family, four generations, in fact. I'm also one of five brothers, and four of us are in real estate. My brother, Andrew, runs his own agency in the inner Melbourne suburb of St Kilda and hosts his own podcast all around Australia's burgeoning apartment market, appropriately called Talking Apartments. You can check it out at talkingapartments.com.au or search Talking Apartments wherever you download your podcasts. I've included the link to Andrew's show in the show notes for this episode, plus the video of our interview, which you can find at topagentsplaybook.com forward slash 135. And for my listeners outside Australia, don't let this be a wasted episode because I think you'll get some great ideas and value. Wherever you are, what about creating an infographic or report that summarises your market and gives some predictions for the year ahead? If you're looking for a marketing edge, and why wouldn't you be, let's remember property owners and investors love to know about values and what's happening in their local market. And now is a great time to reach out and connect with potential new clients in your area. Why not jump into your Jiggler account where you'll find dozens of professional grade report templates you can quickly customise, download, print and distribute. And speaking of Jiggler, this week we launched the much anticipated Teams feature and here's how it works. If you're part of a team, you can share your designs and marketing template ideas with other team members. Or let's say you're an agency broker, owner or admin, you can create all your marketing designs and social media posts inside your very own Team Jiggles folder and share them with everyone on your team. Setting up your account is easy and remember, your cost per user plummets when you upgrade to Teams. Josh and our clever crew of brilliant developers have even delivered a tool to team accounts where you can lock down design elements like logos, colours, fonts and your specific brand designs so they can't be changed. This important feature upgrade comes after many requests from brokers and managers who want to deliver a consistent branding message in all their marketing. If you'd like to know more, email me direct at ray at jiggler.com. That's ray, R-A-Y, at jiggler.com. And we'll set up a time to connect so I can take you through the platform. Okay, back to today's episode. With 2018 behind us and many of us in real estate wondering how the year finished up in other Australian cities, I suggested to Andrew that we record a national market wrap. Okay, I know it's a dry subject, but don't worry. Andy and I have a little bit of fun in this session because it's our mission to keep you entertained. All that and more coming up. Back in the day, getting awesome real estate marketing flyers, reports, infographics, even social media posts meant coming up with an idea, hiring an expensive graphic designer, waiting for them to get off their butt and get creative, then hoping your idea would make the phone ring. But that was before Jiggler. Jiggler is the online creative marketing system real estate's top agents are flocking to 
you'll discover hundreds of professional-grade templates you can quickly customize, download, and print in just a few minutes. Plus, you control everything yourself. No filling in fields and sending it off. Jiggler is 100% DIY. Switch off expensive graphic design bills and stop experimenting with lead generating ideas that don't work and switch on to Jiggler. And now, Jiggler for Teams means you can collaborate and share the best ideas with everyone on your team in just one click. Team admins can also lock down design elements to protect brand integrity. Celebrate the power of many with Jiggler for Teams. Get a free account today at Jiggler.com. That's J-I-G-G-L-A-R.com. Jiggler, the total real estate marketing solution built to save you time, save you money, and help you win more listings and make more sales. Well, Andrew Wood, welcome to the Top Agents Playbook. How are you going, mate? Hi, Ray. I'm great. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you for joining me today. Tell me, how is your podcast, Talking Apartments, going? I'm getting some good feedback around the traps. You've done, how many episodes have you done now? About 16. Okay. Doing one tomorrow, actually, um, which is on this little bit of a dry subject, but it's about the changes in the Residential Tenancies Act, which affects a lot of tenants and apartments. So I'll see if I can give that a little bit of sparkle. <laughs> what are you going to do at nude or something? How are you going to inject some life into that? What do you do? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think we'll talk about how you get a tenant out if they, um, we've got a meth lab going in there. I think that will see, see if that gets a bit of traction. How to remove Stormy Daniels from your apartment in Bondi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that'll get, that'll get them listening. Hey, listen, thanks for doing this. I, um, I've been stalking you for the last couple of weeks and uh, thanks for agreeing to do it. But Pleasure. I've had quite a few requests from, uh, from people interested to hear a little bit of a national market route. Now, when I say national, I'm talking about Australia. I know yeah. that we have listeners uh, in, um, in many countries, in fact. So um, that is, uh, I'm, not, I'm not dissing them, certainly, but I know that you are in touch with the market nationally. So I'm just interested to learn I know you're based in Melbourne, but I know you're talking to people everywhere. So I'm interested yeah. to learn a little bit more about what's happening because, and let me set this up a little bit because it's been, uh, I, I kind of think this amazing ride of property values kind of started in the mid nineties. Uh, and it's, it's with a little blip around 2008, nine, it's essentially been something of a meteoric and ongoing rise, but that's uh, that that rise has seen some 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 change, I guess, and been checked uh, during 2018. So keen to learn a little bit more. Um, so uh, I'll hand over to you. Where would you like to start? Pick a state and a city. Um, well, look, there's probably I'll, I'll start a little broader, Ray. And you're dead right. There's been a meteoric rise of property values, and and I think people are are roughly addicted to it. It's almost become part and parcel of their investment. Um, you know, income is that yep. the properties buy and they go up. So they've sort of got A, used to it and B, a bit addicted to it. And Australia, if uh, my understanding of more global markets is correct, some of the sort of more established markets through Europe just don't have that kind of year-on-year -year growth. So maybe it's a bit of a maturing of market situation that we've had um, where it's catching up in Australia, sort of becoming more internationalised. But very broadly, um, 
you know, the Australian economy is actually very good. Uh, globally, the major metrics of um, GDP and employment growth and those sorts of things are very solid. So, Interest um, rates are staying low. Yeah, well, I think, you know, the last increase in interest rates was something like, you know, 2010. Right. Um, you know, it's just not, oh, sorry, the last yeah, change was 2016, which was okay. down, but yep. the last increase was like 2010. So you've just got this long-term low interest rate environment. Population growth also, Ray, in Australia has been strong. Um, I think it was about 1.6% or something last year. So that's a lot of people coming into the country. And most of them, and probably half of them, are, half of that growth is international, so it's net migration. Yep. So, and, net, and most of that net migration comes into capital cities. So you've got this kind of, you know, increased demand for housing essentially in Australia's major capital cities. So, it's important to just keep that backdrop in mind. And also, you know, Australia, Melbourne and Sydney are now sort of on a global stage, you know, major capital cities. Um, you know, they're bigger than than US towns like San Francisco or Detroit or Seattle or even even Montreal in, in Canada or, you know, or Rome or somewhere. You know, they are yeah, yeah. major cities. So you've got to kind of keep that in mind yeah. um, in place. But probably the thing that's dampened and, and you don't have to scratch too hard to find articles saying that the Australian property market is flat or is in a downturn or is struggling, whatever you want to call it, there are daily articles coming out. And, and predominantly that has been driven most recently by the changes in liquidity or finance, basically how hard it is for someone to get a loan. Yep. So you can imagine buying a property, everyone gears or, or borrows money to buy a property. If it's easy to buy, borrow money and it's cheap, then you can pay more for the property. If it's yep. hard or, property or the finance is expensive, you just pay less. So to stand up at an auction and bid unconditionally where the only thing you're negotiating is the price is, and if you know that on Monday morning you've got to front up to the bank and try and get a loan for a $2 million house and they knock you back, well, you're in a bit of strife. Yeah, you sign so, a contract. Yeah, we're saying the auction clearance rates drop from, I don't know, mid-70s to sort of under 50, but there are a lot of sales happening after auction once people can, can take a bit of time and get their finance in place. Okay. Um, so there's sort of just some 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 you know background. We've got a lot of government spending infrastructure on the infrastructure, so that's you know bird, um, providing a bit of buoyancy for the economy. Can so I perhaps, Ray, if we, can I ask one question that uh, I should have prepped you before, but I, I just thought of it actually. Uh, and even being in Toronto, I'm to I'm not totally immune from from Australian news. Um, is it true that our our friendly comrades at the Australian Labor Party, if elected in the next federal election, uh, and I'm talking about W. Shorten, are they looking um, at making some major changes, as I understand, to negative gearing? And if so, is that going to affect the investment market? Yeah, they're talking about changes to both capital gains tax and negative gearing concessions on investment property. Mm -hmm. It won't be retrospective. So if you own a property today, it won't be affected. It's the new properties that are being purchased that it'll have an impact on. But um, what will be the net effect of that, do you think? I don't, I don't actually reckon much is my okay. view. Right. Um, others, others have a counter view. But, uh, you know, when you sort of understand how much, you've got to actually have a taxable income to gear it against. And some, you know, a lot of property owners are, are older people. Most of them actually have, you know, they're positively geared. In other words, the property is throwing out a net cash benefit as things like depreciation allowances diminish on properties over the first four or five years of ownership. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those tax concessions minimised. But they're softening that stance, Ray, um, in some recent um, media releases that they might delay it or review it or okay. order it. Okay. Bit, so. 
Fair enough. All right. We will um, watch this space, I guess. When When's the date for the federal election? When's uh, uh, They haven't set it, probably around May, I'd say, next okay. year. No worries at all. Um, okay. Um, tell me Brisbane? what you're thinking. Yeah, Brizzy. So Brisbane. Brisbane's a sort of a little bit of a, um, a story of two markets, both sort of the conventional housing and apartment market. So the conventional housing market has 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 been reasonably strong um, and and is continuing to, to go reasonably well. The apartment market has had a torrid time. Uh, some of the values of apartments closer into the city has dropped significantly over recent years, but it's pretty much through the worst. Um, I think, again, population growth, it's just it got a bit of indigestion there for a while in the apartment market for it to catch up. Um, values certainly dropped, but they've definitely found their level. Um, You've got things like building approvals, Ray, for, you know, semi-detached. So that's a townhouse style yeah. increase at about 6.1% over the last year. Um, housing approvals are about 12%, but, but apartment approvals have dropped to sort of negative one. So they've just slowed right down wow. um, in that sector. Oversupply? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And just didn't have that sort of, you know, uh, population growth of Melbourne and Sydney to, to sort of get it out of trouble faster. But yep. nevertheless, you know, vacancy rates in Brisbane still everything. In fact, everything you know, most capital cities are are pretty good from a vacancy rate. They're around two percent, so you know, it's not um, it's not too bad. Um, but your freestanding home in the suburbs of Brisbane, I guess, didn't go through that crazy. Uh, and we'll talk about Melbourne and Sydney in a bit, but didn't go through those crazy rises, as I understand. So right. um, they haven't seen the the tumble either, right? Correct. Yeah, that's right. They just didn't have that sort of added value to drop off from. Yeah. Um, so sales volumes in Brisbane um, have dropped. So basically, there's just not as many properties on the market um, in housing by about 9% and, and units by about 20%. Um, so that's just taking a while. The total listings, however, of housings of houses have increased by about 9%. Uh, but in apartments, it's down about 6%. So just okay. not as many coming onto the market. Days on market, though, for housing, you know, in some of the better suburbs are still sort of 9, 11 days, whereas apartments, they're probably closer to sort of, you know, 30 days and more. Okay. So it is certainly taking longer for the apartment market to, um, to you know, to sell those apartments, which, yeah. which is in line with the, the things that we've mentioned. Um, so look, that's you know that's really the sort of the apartment market, I suppose, Ray. From a pricing point of view, they've they've basically been pretty flat for the last uh, twelve months. They haven't gone up significantly. Housing, I think, has gone up technically by about 08 percent. So, given the sort of noise in those stats, it's probably pretty flat. And the apartment market has dropped about two percent. Okay. Um, over the last twelve months, um, and as I mentioned, the rental market. I think the good thing, Brisbane's probably moving a little bit from its dependency as it did previously on mining to more a broad-based economy um, with some of the infrastructure um, projects that are going on there, which is helping. Um, and so really, as I said, the vacancies are pretty low. I think it's around 2.1% um, for Brisbane. And look, the outlook is, is you know, I think reasonably steady. Um, I, don't th I think they've suffered the worst, of, of especially in that apartment market. I think prices will be relatively flat in the apartment market and probably continue to rise moderately in housing. Um, and don't see a huge amount of supply, um, especially in the apartment market. Um, and supply in the housing will probably just be sort of keeping up with population growth and a little bit more conservative okay. um, on, on Brisbane. Okay. Heading down the coast, 
stopping at Byron Bay for a skinny latte um, and driving across the bridge into Sin City. What's happening uh, in Australia's premier town? Well, you mentioned, Ray, that the, uh, you know, the property markets had meteoric rise. I think in Sydney, Sydney prices over the last five years have increased, this is five years, have increased 46% across right. the whole, whole market. So, wow. you know, they're just, that's, that's a, not that's sustainable. A price. Yeah. That, that doesn't last forever. Um, Sydney's probably a little bit behind Brisbane on the curve. They're still going through um, a, reasonably, a reasonably tougher period. Um, economically, though, you know, Sydney is a very broad based economy and it's got a lot of um, levers, I suppose, to drive growth in that sector and it is a large sector of the Australian economy. So if the Australian economy is going well, you know, Sydney's generally going pretty well and vice versa. Um, it's probably, you know, impacted like Melbourne is as much by this tightening of financial regulation and the difficulty of getting finance as much as anything um, and has, um, has seen it, you know, really struggle. Um, the housing sales volumes are down. Interestingly, I actually saw a, um, an article uh, this morning on the number of houses in Sydney that have sold over 10 million and it hit a record of 102 houses selling over 10 million in the what? last 12 months. <laughs> That's crazy. Is that right? right? That's a big number. 10 million. 10 million. So do you get more than two bathrooms with that? Sydney's oh, trophy home. Oh, my gosh. That's out of control. That's out of control. Yeah. So, um, you know. Let me play the devil's uh, avocado there for a sec. Are, they, are, those, uh, are those homeowners, I guess they don't care, but they'd be a little bit nervous as to the future or um, what are overall? Pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's, it's uh, I guess it's... Um, it is what it is, hey. What about just uh, what about the 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 greater market? I know that um, I know that uh, Sutherland Shire Cronulla they they really took a hit. Yeah, yeah. Look, it has um, some of those. You know, Sydney does have, and again, like Melbourne, those broader market areas. Um, yep. The housing market, the sales volumes down thirteen percent. Units about nineteen percent. So it's a yep. you know massive. It's it had a meteoric rise. It's probably had the biggest fall, Ray. Um, of all the markets and especially in that apartment sector um, where it's just really dropped off. Um, so, look, and, and the total number of approvals, you, you know, not unsurprisingly has dropped to about 7% um, according to the ABS um, and that's really sort of, uh, and, and I think in the apartment sector it's about 11% um, it's dropped. So it's just sort of, it's, it's adjusting to the, the market there. Just explain those percentages for our listeners. When you say uh, approvals, so are you saying that if a hundred if a hundred applications are lodged, only seven percent are approved? No, it's it's actually a building approval, so it's an approval okay. to to actually commence building. You'll okay. find that the, the numbers in apartments, so they might get a building approval and, and not build an apartment building, but if you get a building approval in a house, it generally goes ahead. So right. there's probably just a little bit of variation. Okay. In, in, how they sort of manifest those numbers, um, really. So, look across the board, the pricing rate for housing has dropped about eight and a half percent in Sydney, and apartments it's about um, it's about four and a half. So, across the board, housing has had a you know a, a big decline over yeah. the last twelve months. Yeah, that's um, a fairly serious check. Yeah, so Is it has it come back a lot. Um, I think. I'll kind of come back to that because it's really going to depend on what happens in these financial services. I think okay. um, 
the other, just sort of while I'm there though, um, the other impact, it's not just lending on housing or property that's, that's been affected by the tightening of supply of, um, you know, the bank's processes. It's, it's also business lending um, yep. and lots of other lending. So the economy is slowing. Housing is a massive part of any economy, especially has been in Australia for many years, especially the building of it. Yep. So one will basically trigger the next and then you get this sort of sentiment, you know, that stock markets going through different gyrations with New York and um, or, or probably more so um, Washington and also uh, Brexit and things like that are affecting. So people just don't feel as rich as they did probably a year ago. Mm. Uh, and that means that they're probably um, just going to pull back on their spending, which affects economy largely. So I think it'll... Uh, I don't think it's over is the answer, Ray. I think it's probably got another 12 months. Yeah. Um, I know you wanted to do kind of a more speculative wrap at the end, but while I think of think about it, there there has to be issues with consumer confidence and investor confidence with uh, what's going on with these with these trade deals, the replacement of NAFTA or and now, now the Chinese deals, et cetera, affecting trade plus... Um, the I was listening to a to I listened to that podcast called the Daily. Uh, I've been listening to that the last couple of weeks, and also uh, the the BBC podcast. And what's happening in the UK and their and their exit from the EU is is unprecedented in our times. I mean, it's 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 bloody frightening. I think I don't I don't know where that's going to end up. No, well, agreed. There's all sorts of um, I reckon wild they might scenarios. have another referendum, but that's just my my thinking. What would I know? Yeah, well. Okay. Does anything could happen there? So um, we're we're driving out of Sydney. It's a beautiful day. We've got the top down. We're heading down the coast. We're stopping at Marimbula, and we're having lunch and a bottle of Hunter Valley Pinot with Trent Poole from Marimbula Realty. How are you going, Poolie? Um, we're probably having two bottles because Trent will have the first one, uh, and uh, then we're going to head on uh, crossing the mountains after lunch. And we're heading into uh, the city of love, Melbourne. What's happening in our hometown, Andy? Um, well, Melbourne, um, interestingly, if you look at, I mentioned earlier that the population growth in Australia is about 1.6%. Melbourne has been incredibly greedy um, and is taking about 2.3% um, growth. So they've just got the lion's share. They've got the largest greedy population buggers. growth of any city in Australia. And, and if you look at the total population, 2.3% raise about 150,000 people. Uh, coming in. And again, remembering about half of that is net migration. We've got a strong bias of that to the Asian cities north of us. Um, so you've just got massive influx of people. And a lot of those um, cultures are very comfortable with apartment living. And so that tends to be where uh, the driver for a lot of the apartment development has been has been okay. going on. Okay. Um, would, you say, would you say some of that attraction is... Um, is due to the fact uh, that we have the country's premier football code headquartered in uh, in Melbourne. Do you think, do you think uh, look, that could I, be a factor? I, I'm sure the Chinese absolutely love Australian rules, right? That's as, what I've heard. Every, every other country. Just putting in the it world. out there, that's what I've heard. So it's, it's, it's on the verge, I think, to become the most uh, dominant global sporting code. There you go. Um, and the kangaroos are, are, are well placed, Ray, for that, carrying the national icon. They are. They are. <laughs> Thanks for that, Dig. Back to business. Um, so, look, uh, Melbourne's probably, uh, again, it's suffered the same issues of um, 
the difficulty or liquidity crisis, but it has probably been able to navigate a little better through it. It had the similar rise, perhaps not as significant as, as Sydney did in uh, the last four or five years of growth, but nevertheless, it has had a growth. So the uh, housing and apartment markets have both uh, tempered. I think housing markets down about um, 6.3% and the apartment markets only about uh, 1% across the, across the whole board. But um, it's also got um, you know, again, a number of infrastructure projects. Commercial development um, is quite strong, um, but it has got a large population growth. And I think um, it's really the middle ring dwelling approvals that are starting to get, um, you know, they're continuing to rise or something like 61,000 dwellings approved in Greater Melbourne over the last 12 months. Um, so it's just a, you know, it's a lot of housing. There's a lot of uh, people coming into Melbourne and it needs to continue to supply housing for those people. You know, there's, it's funny, Ray, you, you pick up the paper and on one page there'll be an article about um, housing affordability, how it's so hard for people to buy a house. It's difficult, they can't buy housing. What are we going to do? Need to get the government involved and supply housing. And then you turn over the page and, um, you know, it's about how you can't get a loan and how difficult the... Uh, and the oversupply of apartments and, and all these sorts of things. So you mm. sort of get mixed messaging, um, you know, through all that and the papers yeah, will, stories. Will, will write what they want to write. But mm. I guess pulling through all of the noise, you know, we have had an adjustment down. That's probably not a bad thing. The growth was unsustainable. So um, it's, it's, it's a, you know, a reasonable correction. Uh, but it, again, I think the other thing to remember, Ray, broadly is the bank's the banks want to maintain their market share. You know, they're pulling back the lending, so they're not writing as many loans. So they're going to lose market share to another bank if they're not too careful. Yeah. And once they have demonstrated to APRA and the government and, and everyone else that they've got proper lending processes in place and that they're not being irresponsible in their lending practices, then they will, you know, resume normal business with a slightly modified lending process. We're also seeing a lot of um, what they call shadow lenders or second tier non-bank lenders enter the market and provide finance for people uh, in the property sector, which is filling a, a pretty much needed void in that sector. So I think, Ray, uh, the population growth in Melbourne is probably underwriting some of its uh, values. Um, again, from a supply and demand point of view, um, the sales volumes in both housing and units has dropped, as have the total listings. So that's clearly reacting to the market. Um, and and the and the values have dropped, um, you know, a little bit more so in in housing of six percent, as I mentioned. Yeah, yeah, nice. Okay, um, all right. We are moving on. We're heading down the Great Ocean Road uh, with uh, Melbourne's western suburbs in our rearview mirror. We're shedding a little bit of a tear, but we're going to head around the the Great Ocean Road, and then we'll cross over and we'll come in through the Adelaide Hills, Mount Barker. We'll say good day to James Sexton. How are you going, James? And then lunch at Glenelg with uh, with your former your former player Steve Stretch, number eighteen, um, shocker red hair running down the wing, nobody can catch him, and uh, Mark Lands, and we're going to have a lovely lunch in Glenelg. And you're talking to the boys, tell them what's going on in the Adelaide market. Well, Ray, with that sort of um, CVs, I'm I'm hardly going to tell them what's going on in the Adelaide market. So you've sort of just <laughs> absolutely thrown me in the deep end there. Well, they've got the, you've got the microphone, they haven't. Yeah. Um, look, Adelaide's, um, you know, a lot more stable. It hasn't had um, the same sort of growth. The apartment market it really is, um, 
will react more so to uh, to the demand. It, it's you don't get the sort of there is I think one project in the city which is which is quite large which is proposed, but essentially um, you know in Melbourne and Sydney and even Brisbane you'll get these projects of five six hundred apartments. Um, it just can't sustain that sort of size development uh, in in Adelaide. So it tends to get more sort of you know housing, smaller apartment developments, and uh, the townhouse developments, which are, are pretty popular. And it's a little bit more agile, and it can can react to uh, the market volatility a little bit faster. So it doesn't sort of get out of out of whack too much. Yeah. Um, so you know, without sort of digging too much into it, Ray, it has it has come. It has you know softened again similar to most the thing probably Adelaide's I'd love to talk about Hobart actually as well because Hobart is actually if you look at I think there was an article that came out um, that I saw recently Ray of the 10 largest gains and losses in the Australian market Tasmania has 10 of the top uh, five of the top 10 uh, growth markets uh, areas around Launceston and Hobart that have um, grown by you know sixteen percent, fourteen percent. Areas like um, you know the northwest, um, Brighton down near near Hobart, um, the southeast coast, and as I mentioned, up around Launceston. Um, and you know the only other areas that get on that on that chart are some of the regional areas in Gippsland, Victoria, and and the Lachlan Valley in uh, in New South Wales. So what we're seeing is is this move to sort of more affordable regional areas. Technology is able to play a bit of a role. Um, in helping people be around um, some of the markets, and Adelaide is going to, you know, be the beneficiary of that as well. Similarly, yeah. as what Hobart has, yeah. um, and so we're sort of seeing, seeing those. That just to give you a bit of a hit list, Ray, the the ten worst tend to be some of the more very far um, outback areas of Queensland, but also um, you know Penrith Hills in Sydney, um, Stonington, interestingly, in Melbourne, um, and, um, and and places like Hornsby. In New South Wales and and Whitehorse in in Victoria, so that was that been some of the bigger. lowest growth. Yeah, yeah, okay. Declines, oh, know, declines. So. Yeah, well, gosh, I mean, I don't know about Hornsby and and some of those other areas, but Stonington, where I used to live, <laughs> it was just the crazy prices. So that yeah. that is definitely not sustainable. So um, there had to be some turnaround there. Um, I guess as far as that suburban Hobart market goes, it's probably would that be would that be Victorian fed from just uh, affordability and just, you know, like finding it so hard to, to, to find a property where, where you could yeah. find something more affordable in, in a beautiful town like Hobart? Yeah. Yep. I reckon it is. I'm not exactly yeah. sure where they where the, you know, the buyers are coming from, Ray, but um, you'd have to guess there'd be a large percentage of them out of Victoria, but it is really probably, you know, just catching up on some of the growth that's happened on the mainland. Nice. Nice. Um, okay. So um, yeah, but it is uh, it has come off a little bit, but uh, it's certainly um, probably in good shape, Adelaide. I'd say. Well, again, not unlike Brisbane, that didn't go crazy, uh, so it hasn't got as didn't go as high, so it hasn't got as far to fall. Yeah, um, looking at it from uh, in simplistic terms, yeah. heading across the Nullarbor. It's a long drive, and we're going to be very thirsty when we get there, Andy. And we're going to go to the Ocean Beach Hotel. Um, which uh, you're not unfamiliar with, and um, have a beer with Phil Taylor. How are you going, Phil? Phil's just opened up his own uh, agency, Taylor Realty. So um, a big shout out to uh, hey, to Phil. Phil. Um, yeah. And Phil's lined up a couple of icy cold beers uh, straight off the wood. Um, tell us uh, what's happening in Perth. Give us an update. 
Yeah, well, probably a little bit like Brisbane from a mining point of view, Ray, economically, it's it's suffered that drop-off, but it's now stabilised and started to... It was hit hard, a wasn't it? A base, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, Perth, unfortunately, has suffered many cyclical um, economies over the last little while, so this is probably just another another one of them. But, yeah. you know, it's sort of unemployment rates fallen, Ray, in Perth. It's now sort of at about 5.7%, um, so it's starting to improve. It's um, it, economically, though, it's still a long way behind Australia. You've got sort of um, demand growth for Australia at about 3.4%. In Perth, it's about 08 So it's still, it's, it, it's starting to come back, but it's still got to sort of get the, the wheels in motion and start to get it uh, cranking along again um, before it sort of really catches up too much. Retail turnover and things in Perth is still very low. It's about, you know, it's, it's negative growth in Perth. Yeah. Um, whereas Australia's at about 2.8%. So some of those economic indicators probably tell a little bit of a story um, in Perth. And similarly, pattern to the rest of Australia where the sales volumes are down, but not too much. I think in housing, it's about 2.5% and, and apartments about 1.4%. So sort of negligible changes there. Um, and the building approvals, Ray, on the supply side have continued to sort of trend downwards from a peak probably in about 2014. I'd say when it was uh, when it was hitting its highest uh, levels. Um, so you know that's really um, that's really the situation there. Okay. Um, uh, with that, I think um, from a pricing point of view, uh, housing's down about three percent, and apartments down about five percent over the okay. last twelve months. So okay. Any wild predictions on what's uh, what can happen in WA? I guess it's a it's a law unto itself a bit, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think the um, WA is, you know, ex- extremely resilient from a market point of view. It, it does drop off, but it seems to find a flaw pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, a little bit like my commentary with Adelaide, although it is able to sort of develop some of the larger uh, apartment projects or housing projects in some of the suburban areas, like out in West Swan where there's been development um, going on, it uh, will will pull back quickly when the yep. demand slows and the pricing doesn't work out. But then again, as it sort of picks up, it'll continue that that um, that development. Um, and obviously, it sort of has a, a strong growth on those coastal areas, both north yep. and south, really. Yep. Um, and my guess is, although I haven't looked at it, Ray, but my guess is some of those regional areas of, um, of Perth, as you'd go down to, to Bunbury and Margaret River and those areas would probably be doing okay. Yep. Yep, they certainly are. We love it down there. Mm. Um, I don't know, working without a net here, I'm not sure if we're able to travel north. Does NT stand for not today? <laughs> I, really, I, haven't, uh, I haven't looked too much on Northern Territory, so I probably can't comment on that, Ray. I wouldn't... Uh, I know. Other than, other than I know Cyclone was... Owen about to land in there. Oh, really? Okay. Who invited him? Mm. Uh, I know it was very, very tough there. Again, uh, mining lead, I think, but um, uh, went through quite a quite a uh, a good patch and then got hit very, very hard. I'm thinking mm. thirty or forty percent. I'm sure. So, I'm sure somebody will um, will call in and let me know. Um, give me your summary then. Uh, maybe a little bit of prediction or, or whatever you can into 2019. Yeah. Look, I'll probably just break it up into a couple of areas, Ray. So economically, we talked about those issues in finance and I think they will they will sort of wash out, I'll say, over the next you know, six to 12 months. So the Royal Commission's um, inquiry into financial services and things will, uh, the report will come out. Um, it'll obviously be some um, 
recommendations that will be put in place. They've been banks have been hit pretty hard, but they're reacting fast to try and self-regulate. Um, we've got an election coming up. Um, it sounds like we'll have a change of government in early next year. Um, so they'll probably, yeah. So I think Ray we've probably got another twelve months of of, of volatility. We've still got. Um, you know, trade issues globally, Brexit, these things to play out. So I think, mm. and if you look at volatility indexes on stock markets, they're pretty high at the moment. So there's just a lot of uncertainty. Uncertainty breeds conservatism and people just sort of pull back and, and, and very much steady as sh she goes. Also, if you think about um, apartment markets, so the apartment market slowed down, probably started about six to 12 months ago with, in certain states, some stamp duty uh, removing of concessions for offshore buyers, offshore countries like China, making it harder for people to get money out of the country. So there was just a few headwinds that slowed down that market, which has been helpful in slowing the decline. But essentially, if a apartment market, if apartment building of, I don't know, three or 400 had been sold down um, and ready to build with finance in place by the middle of this year and it started building, it's not actually going to complete for two years. Yeah. So in two years' time, you're going to have another two or 300 apartments just from that single building example yeah. into the market, which has already then incurred probably, you know, one or two years of, of decline in the market. So yeah. you can't stop the apartment market supply as quickly as you can the housing market. Mm. So I think you'll probably see from a pricing point of view, Ray, the apartment market will um, be very flat for probably the next two years. Pardon the um, pun. <laughs> the apartment <laughs> flat, yes. Um, a, a, as the supply current pipeline um, you know, plays out. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's obviously hard to get finance to buy a house. It's similarly hard for developers to get finance to start a new development. So that is also slowing down the, the new projects. Sales of new apartments offshore has slowed significantly. So all those issues will probably mean that the um, apartment market will slow. That said, owner-occupier or what they call larger format uh, type apartments are still being built um, in the more conventional suburban areas and um, they're still very popular. Um, and, you know, for the downsizers or people wanting to live in certain areas that they perhaps couldn't, afford previously an apartment is a, is a great option for them yeah. and so those inner city areas in pretty much any capital city ray the owner occupier style format so two three bedrooms um with a bit more amenity um is 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 gaining a lot of uh, gaining a lot of favor it's probably the more investment grade apartments that are finding it tougher your business in st kilda wood property uh yeah. in in inner melbourne uh, if I walk into your office with a St Kilda apartment, it's not on the beach or it might be South Melbourne or in around that neighbourhood, um, are you going to auction it or offer it privately? Uh, private sale. Okay. Um, and generally it comes back to this finance issue, right? It's the ability for someone to actually stand up at an auction and bid yeah, yeah. with finance in place. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're just finding – and also – an auction of an apartment or an apartment pricing is is a little bit easier to calibrate. It, yep. It's not going to go to auction and get, you know, an extra $50,000 above what everyone thinks it's worth yep. because, you know, they'll sort of go to another one and buy that. So it's got a more defined value range. Obviously, we, you know, work hard to maximise that price, but it's, it doesn't have that kind of, um, you know, surprising uh, sale prices at auction like some of the some of the houses do.
Yeah, interestingly, um, a great husband and wife team here in Toronto, uh, Daniel and Katie, um, have got a company called uh, On The Block and they are uh, auctioning property. And uh, unlike what we do in Melbourne, a lot of it's online, so you don't actually turn up. It's all it's all on your phone, on the app on your phone, um, or you can do it on your computer. Uh, but uh, when you purchase, you then go and make your finance application. So... Right. Uh, so it's not it's not a sudden death. You then have to you then can go away and, and make your finance application. So uh, some subtle nuances uh, with yeah. uh, with auctions uh, here in Canada. I don't know what the Harcourts are doing. A lot of auctions in in uh, California as well. I notice in Oregon and Utah, and they're really spreading their auction footprint. Not quite sure how it works there, but maybe they do something similar. Not yeah, sure. So. Uh, well, that that is fasc- that is fascinating, and thank you. I can't get over the, those hundred sales of ten million plus in uh, in Sydney. That's crazy. Uh, that's some an interesting be- stat, some isn't it? Beautiful real estate, no doubt. Yeah, that's. Um, I don't know if it'll be the same for for twenty nineteen. Maybe it will. And I'm reminded a little bit, you know, brothers, you and I going around Australia. I'm reminded of the Leyland brothers going around <laughs> Australia. <laughs> Where do you reckon we are, Mike? We're not, we're not, we're not quite as good looking as the Leyland brothers. They had far more hair and much better hats. Yeah, too, you might remember yeah. similar bush skills, though. Correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. Very, very good point. Well, thank you, my friend. It's been a blast. My, uh, my best to you and uh, and uh, your beautiful girls for Christmas. Uh, I hope you have a great time. Looking forward to catching up with you in the new year. Sounds great. Thanks, Ray. Thank Love you, Andy. Chat. Talk to you later, buddy. Bye. It's no coincidence real estate's top agents use real estate's best software. Locked On is so popular with top producers because it's laden with features, but so easy to use at the same time. Backed by the number one support team in the industry, agents say Locked On is fast, reliable, and like having two assistants. If your real estate software and systems are holding you back, why not experience the ultimate cloud-based solution and take your productivity to the next level? To get your free 30-day trial and for special discount for life deal, go to LockedOn.com forward slash Ray.